the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation at this moment doesn't have a lot of promise. But does the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation have as bright a future as we all expect? We're going to talk about that and more on today's second episode of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. And it's the second episode today here on the Locked On Pirates podcast brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is your one-stop shop to do all of your sports betting this NFL season. So make sure you go check out FanDuel.com slash Locked On to learn more. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. But again, my name is Ethan Smith. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, as you always do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're starting a new series today. The offseason's been pretty slow. So I figured, why not start a series? And we had a series already this offseason. Obviously, it was the series covering player reviews, looking at every single position group and how it performed in 2023. Well, now... We're going to look at every position group again, but it's going to be an eye for the future. An eye at the future is what I called it. So that's what we're going with. But you could say whichever one you'd like because it has the same premise. It's going to be an eye at the future of all these position groups and what to expect from these position groups moving forward. And I figured what better place to start than the starting rotation? A position group right now that for a ton of people, is a position group that needs a lot of help. And you look at what the Pittsburgh Pirates are dealing with with the starting rotation right now. Obviously, earlier in uh, the episode today, I mentioned Johan Oviedo and his uh, potential Tommy John surgery, which looks about as good as done at this point. You look at Mitch Keller, who is the clear and cut ace of the staff right now. And then you look at other guys like Rowanti Contreras, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, those are guys that are going to probably fit in the mold somehow, be it in the bullpen, be it as back-end rotation starters. But those guys that I just mentioned also have a lot to figure out this offseason to be key pieces to this roster. But I think the biggest spot that you have to start with for the future of this Pirates rotation is indeed Mitch Keller, a guy that for a very long time was just not very good at this level in the big leagues. He was not a pitcher that many people would have considered as an MLB pitcher for all intents and purposes with the amount of struggles that he had. And 2023 came around. And really, even if you want to, you can consider 2022, the back end of that season as kind of the coming out party for Mitch Keller, because he finally figured something out. His fastball had a a little more uptick on it. His off-speed pitches were finally going places where they wanted to go. And that led to Mitch Keller getting his first all-star appearance this year. And when you saw that happen, you felt for the guy heavily because he was one of those guys that they had that really weird graphic that he always looked at about how he had the highest ERA and the highest batting average against and the highest walk rate, all kinds of bad statistics over a certain period of time in Major League Baseball. 
And for him to become a starter, pitch in the All-Star game, and have just an overall very good 2023 campaign was massive for this Pirates team. But the biggest question surrounding him now is a question that we've seen with Garrett Cole, with Jamison Tayo, with Tyler Glasnow, is what does his future hold for him in Pittsburgh? And that's the biggest question that we have to ask when we're talking about Mitch Keller. And you see it over right over here. If I can point the if I can point the correct way. There we go. It's right there. Is he here long term? Is he a guy that is going to be the Pirates ace moving forward? Is he a guy that let alone would even be in this rotation moving forward? Because he is still arbitration eligible for this upcoming year and the following. But after that, he is an unrestricted free agent, folks. And the Pirates have, again, and I've mentioned it a lot on my show over the like last week, week and a half or so, that they've just been a very quiet team in free agency, like a lot of teams have been this offseason. They've just been very quiet. All we've really seen happen is the Cardinals sign Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, and, um, and Lance Lynn. That's all we've really seen from this offseason so far. Now we're starting to get the crumbs a little bit. But for the Pirates and Mitch Keller, especially with where this rotation currently sits, I mean, you look at what the in the first episode today, we did a projected um, starting lineup as of November 29th from Bleacher Report and took a look at that. And you look at what the starting rotation would be for this team right now, and it's not, it's not pretty. I mean, you subtract... Johan Oviedo, who was a guy that was basically the Robin to Mitch Keller's Batman last year. And those two were really only the two reliable starters that you had for the final two months of the year. And now you're eliminating him from the entire equation. Now you're looking at a rotation that potentially features Mitch Keller, Roanji Contreras, who had his abundance of struggles, Luis Ortiz, who didn't come back from his 2022 all that well. Quinn Priester, who we expected a lot more from, and then Bailey Falter, Jackson Wolf, who we'll talk about in a little bit. It's not exactly a pretty rotation that you want to see, especially in a season where we've heard the front office and management say that they would like to compete in 2024. Folks, I'm here to tell you, and you probably don't need me to tell you this, that they, they would not compete with that rotation. That rotation probably wouldn't even last very long, and that's before injuries even come into the fold. Now, that's as speaking for today. We expect that the Pirates are going to go acquire starting pitching at some point. Be that who it may be. It may be Eduardo Rodriguez. It may be a trade. It may be Vince Velasquez. We don't know who it's going to be yet, but we can expect that they're going to sign those guys. But when you look at the state of the rotation as it currently sits today, if I'm the Pittsburgh Pirates, I'm calling Mitch Keller's agent. I'm talking to Mitch Keller, sitting him down and saying, let's get an extension done and lock you into Pittsburgh for quite some time. Because injuries are always going to be a major factor in a team starting rotation. It happens every single year. The Texas Rangers won the World Series, and it happened to them with Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in different stints of the season, and they managed to win the World Series. 
It's never all sunshine and rainbows when it comes to a starting rotation in Major League Baseball. And if you can lock up a guy like Mitch Keller, who now you know is a known commodity and I think is only going to get better, you lock him up. You get him extended because you want that guy in your rotation, even if he doesn't end up being the best pitcher in your rotation moving forward, which is a stark reality with the amount of pitching that the Pirates currently possess in their farm system. And that is a phenomenal thing to have, folks. But as of right now, Mitch Keller is your best pitcher in your organization, depending on how you look at it. And he's going, if you extend him to four, five, six years, he's going to be a component of that rotation in some way. He'll at least be in the top three. I can guarantee you that. But it's something that the Pirates need to get done because much like the Brian Reynolds conversation last year, we don't want to be talking about if a guy's going to be staying here or not anymore. If you want to contend, if you want to open the window for contention, that starts with getting Mitch Keller extended to a long-term deal and getting those arbitration years out of the way. Is that something the Pirates consider this offseason? I'm sure they'll at least consider it. Is it something they do? Who knows? That's something that we also have to wait and see when we evaluate this team come February or March. And even then, the Brian Reynolds extension happened in April. But it's something the Pirates need to consider because Mitch Keller is a guy that needs to be on this roster moving forward for the Pirates rotation to have that bright future. But the prospects are what we're going to take a look at for this bright future. And you can probably guess who we're going to be talking about first in segment two. But before we do that, Let's talk about FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel Sportsbook is your one-stop shop for all of your sports betting this NFL season because you can score early this NFL season when you use FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because FanDuel is, again, a phenomenal app because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use because there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, same-game parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. All righty, everybody, and welcome back to the second segment of today's episode, second episode of Locked On Pirates. It's November 29th. It's the holiday season. I hope you guys are all enjoying the holiday season. You know who else is enjoying the holiday season? Locked On, because we just did something big. Because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. As for our second segment of the day, or our fifth segment, really, because it's the second episode of the day, and it's the second segment of the day. We continue the NI at the Future series, talking about starting pitching. And obviously, when you're looking at starting pitching on this Pittsburgh Pirates team, 
and looking at an eye for the future, I think that really has to start with Paul Skeens. I, I, I think we would all agree on that, right? I think it has to start with Paul Skeens, of course, the number one overall selection in the 2023 first-year player draft, potentially generational prospect in the eyes of some scouts who have compared him to Steven Strasburg, who had a phenomenal MLB career but has since dealt with a lot of injuries amidst his phenomenal career. Of course, World Series winner with the Nationals. And Paul Skeens, the whole topic, obviously, for the draft, and you guys remember me talking about it a lot and having an abundance of different players, and or not players, abundance of different people on the show talking about, okay, do they get Dylan Cruz or do they get Paul Skeens? Ultimately, they selected Paul Skeens, which I still will say to this day was the right idea because when you are a team that spends like the Pittsburgh Pirates do, you go out and get a generational pitching prospect if it is available. If you know it is available at the number one overall pick and you can get that guy for practical, well, I won't say free because you still have to pay him $9 million, but if you can just say his name in a podium and he's yours, you get that guy. And Paul Skeens, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Now, we got to see a little bit of Paul Skeens in 2023, obviously, with the pitch count and the pitch management that he had at LSU uh, collegiately, which we all know collegiate uh, pitch management is just horrible. But he got a little bit of a taste of professional action, pitched a game in Bradenton, pitched a game in Altoona, and that was about it. And he was shut down smartly, in my opinion, by the Pittsburgh Pirates, obviously monitoring his workload throughout the offseason. And for Paul Skeens, I think it's pretty simple. I think he's going to start the season in Altoona. He's going to probably stay there for April and May. I would say by the end of May, early June, we can expect to see the notification that he's been called up by the Indianapolis Indians, and he'll be in AAA. That's where I think the conversation really starts with Paul Skeens, is once he gets to AAA, and is there consistently, how is he performing? How is he doing? Is he ready to be up at the major league level as soon as everybody wants him to be and as soon as everybody thinks he could be? Those are going to be the biggest questions about Paul Skeens. Now, if you want to take your time with Skeens, I see no issue in that. I do also think that it really, as we look to the future here, I do think it does actually bear a lot of fruit on how the Pirates look in July and August as to if you bring up Paul Skeens or not, if they're in the thick of the wild card race or the NL Central Divisional race, I think you bring him up. Because if he's ready to go and you could bring him right into your rotation and you're competing and he can be a reason why you make a push for the postseason, that's a no-brainer. You have to do that. But then, on the flip side, if they're not contending, if they're nine games out of whatever contention window that they're in, then I think you let them learn a little bit more in AAA and you maybe bring them up later on and you and you ease them in. And I think that's the biggest thing with Paul Skeens that we all hope for is that he's not rushed, that he doesn't come to the MLB level and get shelled and look like a shell of himself that we saw at LSU and Air Force. We want him to be that 
potentially generational pitching talent that's in our rotation and continue to grow as a player and give the Pittsburgh Pirates an ace alongside Mitch Keller, who's already their ace, and along these complementary pieces that they're going to have moving forward, which we'll talk about later. But, Bob, I mean, you look at Paul Skeens, and he has the tools. He has the measurables. He has the athleticism. He has the command. He has the pitches. It's really just a matter of wait and see. Is he going to stay healthy? That's always going to be the biggest question with a pitcher, and it was the biggest question that I had after they drafted him, is health is going to be the biggest concern for Skeens. You move forward with that, and you say, let's say he stays healthy. Okay, is he performing at the level that we want to see from him? Because you can't really evaluate Paul Skeens yet. Usually I like to evaluate players when I talk about them, especially prospects. You want to evaluate these guys from things that you've seen, but we've seen 25 innings of Paul Skeens at the professional level. Now, don't get me wrong. The kid is phenomenal. I would bet a lot of money that he's going to be a very good MLB pitcher. But can he take that next step into generational? Like a lot of people have asked about Paul Skeens. Is he going to be the guy that get, that lives up to the Steven Strasburg hype or the Garrett Cole hype? Is he going to be the next very good number one overall pitcher that's selected in an MLB draft? That's really all the questions that there are. Do we have answers to those questions right now? No. No, 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 we don't. Because we've barely seen him pitch. And next year, I think, especially in spring training, I want to see him pitch quite a bit in spring training. I want them to let him face MLB hitters. I want them to let him go one or two or even three innings in a spring training game. And then again, I think he's going to start in Altoona. He's going to dominate double-A hitters. I'm telling you that right now. He's going to absolutely dominate in Altoona if he starts there, which I expect him to. And when he does... He's going to move up to AAA very quickly. Then that's where I really think a lot of the evaluation process begins. Now, albeit he'll still be facing AAA hitters, but how's his fastball command look? How do his secondary pitches work in tandem with his elite fastball? Does he add another pitch? How I mean, how quickly do these pitches progress alongside his fastball? Does he stay healthy? Again, I always ask that question with pitching. Is he striking out batters regularly while having a good strikeout-to-walk rate? Is he limiting runs in scoring position? These are all things that we're going to be looking at with Paul Skeens moving forward, as we should be. These are things that Paul Skeens is going to be evaluated on, not only by myself, because guess what? I have no credibility on evaluating him really whatsoever, outside of the fact that I've done the show for three years and I know a little bit about baseball. But when you look at what the Pirates are going to be looking for, you look at what the team's going to be looking for, he is going to be constantly under a spotlight and evaluated no matter where he is. And that is a massive, massive thing to talk about. Because when you look at what Paul Skeens could be versus what he definitely could be, if that makes any sense, the sky is the floor for him. The sky is the ceiling, as Michael Jordan. The sky is the ceiling, as Michael Jordan said. And his potential is endless. But is he going to ever meet that potential? That is the biggest question that we have for the future 
of Paul Skeens because we know he's going to be an MLB pitcher. We know that without a doubt. But is he going to just be another two or three starter? Or is he going to be a bona fide ace that wins you games more often than not? I think that's the biggest question that we have to ask about Paul Skeens. But Paul Skeens isn't alone because the Pirates have a lot, and I mean a lot, of highly ranked prospects that could help this rotation moving forward in the future. And we're going to talk about them here in just a moment. Alrighty, everybody, and welcome back to the final segment of the second episode here of the Lockdown Pirates podcast on November 29th. Make sure you follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. And as I mentioned, we've talked about Mitch Keller and why he needs to be signed long term. We talked about Paul Skeens and what he offers this team in the future and the questions and the spotlight that's going to be put on him in the future. But folks, he is nothing but alone. He is not alone at all. He's obviously the guy, like he is the guy in the system, but he is not alone, folks. Because when you look at this system right now for the Pittsburgh Pirates, there is one thing that is very apparent, and it is they have pitching. Seven of their top 10 players in their uh, system via Baseball America, via MLB.com prospects, all of that is practically pitching, and Skeens obviously comes in at number one. But guess what? Not the only one. Number three overall, a guy that a lot of us think is going to make a impact next season for this Pittsburgh Pirates rotation at some point is Jared Jones, of course, former second-round pick in 2020 by the Pittsburgh Pirates, 22 years of age, still very young. His ETA is 2024. And when you look at Jared Jones, very good fastball rating at a 60, his curveball and slider are 55, changeup at 50, control at 45, fastball ranges around 96 to 99. Jared Jones is going to be a good pitcher, folks. I'm very confident in saying that. Um, his floor, I think, is a back-end rotation starter. His ceiling is a top three rotation starter. You look at his, I mean, you look at what he does well. His fastball is very good. He throws it for strikes. He uses the curveball and the slider very well. But obviously, when you look at the biggest concern, so when we go through all these players, they're going to have their like biggest concern, and then obviously their good things. Lots of good things to like about Jones. Biggest concern, though, is the control with the secondary pitches. He throws the fastball very well in terms of throwing strikes, but when you have uh, his changeup, not very good. Control grade is a 45, so he's going to have to fix that if he wants to be a top-level MLB starting pitcher. It's something that I think he can fix. I think it's something he'll work on throughout the offseason, and I think he'll start the season in AAA and work on that as well. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it, but that is his biggest concern. One of my favorite prospects in the system that's going to definitely make an impact on this roster in a couple of years, Anthony Solometto, the second-round pick in 2021, 20 years of age, 2025 MLB ETA. Folks, Anthony Solometto is going to be awesome. I really think he is. Grades out at a 55 fastball, 55 slider, 50 changeup, and 55 control. That's the things that you really like to see from him. Really, I think the only thing that I even want to be nitpicky 
about Anthony Solomeno on. I call it his biggest concern, but it's more of a nitpick thing is that his fastball range is only 90, 92, sometimes gets into the 93, 94 range. So I would say sometimes the slider can be a little bit too slow and can get beat up a little bit by opposing hitters. But his velocity, I think, is going to be the thing that as he gets a little bit older, I think you'll see an uptick to 94, 95. Then I feel a little more comfortable once the velocity on all that pitches goes up. Number five in the top 30 for the Pittsburgh Pirates is another one of my favorite prospects, and Anthony Solomeno's practically best friend at this point, Bubba Chandler, who is also in that same draft class, but a third-round pick. He didn't go to Clemson, as we all remember. He's 21 years of age, 20, uh, 2025 MLB ETA, has a fastball grade of 60, curveball grade of 55, slider grade of 55, 50 changeup, 50 control. His fastball could touch the mid-90s, touch 99 before. And when it comes to Bubba Chandler and Anthony Solometo, they're very good friends. We've heard about that already. But they're two very different pitchers. Chandler obviously throws a lot faster has the curveball slider combination, much like Solometo, uh, much like Solometo does a little bit, has more confidence in his slider, has more confidence in his curveball and fastball than he does his changeup. So I think the really big concern with Chandler moving forward is his command. I do think he struggles a little bit in that department, and he just has to trust in his curveball and slider in that changeup a little bit more. Because if he can hone that changeup like he throws the curveball and slider, which he still is gaining trust in but has good trust in already, if he can gain trust in that changeup and continue to progress it as a pitch, folks, having a fastball, curveball, slider, changeup mix is going to be very good for Chandler moving forward. And also, I think he will be a very big component to this uh, starting rotation moving down the line. Another guy down the line, Thomas Harrington, the number six prospect overall out of Campbell, 22 years of age, 2022 second round pick, 2025 ETA. 55 fastball, 50 curveball, 55 slider, 60 changeup, 55 control. His fastball is usually around 92 to 94, can touch 96. With him, the fastball's there, the changeup's there. He loves that combination a lot if you've watched him pitch at all. But with the slider and the curveball, I think he wants a little bit more consistency with it. It's something that I think the Pirates want a little bit more consistency from. But again, the fastball changeup combo is there. If he can find a way to throw that slider and that curveball consistently and do it well, man, he's going to be scary. Friend of the show, number eight in the top 30, Mike Burrows, who we had on last week. Go check that out if you haven't watched it. 2018 11th round pick has risen through the system this time here. He's already 24, coming off of Tommy John surgery. Has an MLB ETA of 2025, was originally 2024 until that injury happened. Has a 60 fastball, 55 curveball, 55 changeup, and 50 control. Fastball is around 95, but can touch 97. Biggest concern, I think, should be pretty clear here for Burroughs, durability and recovery from Tommy John. How does he come back from that surgery? Does he still have the same velocity? Does he continue to learn that uh, fourth pitch that we talked about last week? Does that continue to be a part of his arsenal? Those are things that I think you have to look for as well. Hunter Barco is another top-ranked prospect, number nine in the top 30, 2022 second-round pick, 22 years of age, 2026 MLB ETA out of Florida, 50 fastball, 60 slider, 55 changeup, 50 control, low 90s fastball, but can top it out at 95, still very young at the age of 2022 20, or at, of 22. So I think his biggest concerns also 
have to be health and delivery with his pitches. Obviously dealt with some injuries at Florida, was still drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2022, so we'll see how he moves forward from that. You look at the other notables. Now, that was a lot of names. That was a lot of stuff that I mentioned. But you look at other notables that could be major components to this rotation at some point. You have Jackson Wolf, number 10 prospect. Could play this year. Six foot seven, got him from the Padres. Best quality, has solid strike rates. Biggest concern, righty lefty matchups. He got torched in those matchups last year. You look at Michael Kennedy, who is much farther down the line. He's a number 11 prospect, 2026 ETA. Has a phenomenal changeup fastball combo with good arm speed. Physical maturity is going to be the thing you're going to have to watch for him at the age of 18. Braxton Ashcraft, a guy who could also be a guy that could make an impact. This upcoming season with an MLB ETA of 2024, he's a great strike thrower, just has injury concerns, and the changeup consistency is something that you want to look for. Then you look at Poyo Chen, Kyle Nicholas, Jun Shook uh, Shim, Xander Muth. There's a lot to like about this Pittsburgh Pirates rotation as far as the future goes. But do all those guys pan out as starters? Probably not. We've seen that happen. But when you have that abundance of starting pitching in the minor leagues that you can look at and say you're confident in it, maybe even some of those guys end up being very good bullpen arms moving forward too. So when you ask the question, does the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation have as bright a future as we all expect? I think you could say yes, because what lies in the pudding right now looks very, very good. Does the current product of the rotation look good? Not so much. Does the future look good? Hell yes, it does. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast, the second episode here on November 29th. You can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, reactions, and opinions of everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But until then, guys, you have one more episode coming today. But we'll see you on the flip side. Until then.